There's certainly uh, rapid, uh, Alan, and uh, indeed the ECB continue to signal that this isn't the last one either, and they're they're flagging uh, further as they go along. I, I suppose simply the um, it's this has been driven by the ECB having a um, a mandate which is to reduce inflation, and we still have very high inflation. And in effect, I suppose the bottom line is as long as inflation is high, they're going to keep putting interest rates up. It, I think, has slow effects. They're actually doing two things. They're pushing up interest rates. So you, I, and everybody else are beginning to uh, to see that. And uh, for many people, it hits them very rapidly. Certainly people on tracker mortgages are uh, experiencing uh, increases more or less overnight or certainly within a week. Um, and actually, they've accumulated to uh, a lot. I, I see the figures are that if you have uh, a mortgage of €150,000, uh, which wouldn't be entirely uncommon for, for many people right across the county and the country. Um, well, while the, yesterday's increase pushes it up by 35 euro a month as a, a payment. In fact, when you put everything together, Alan, from all the, the things that have happened since they started to push up rates last July, uh, well, then that's about 200 euro a month. So that's a huge amount of money per month and, of course, across a year. So I think that slowly is having effects on the economy. It takes a while, but uh, you know, they, we'll see it, I would expect, with some type of slowdown in spending. And really, that's what they're trying to engineer. I suppose people will look at this and wonder why they're coming so regularly. You know, why put it up by half a percentage point in February and then again in March, not just put it up by 1% in February and let it go for, you know, at least two months? <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it is how, I, I, maybe there's a there's a balance here uh, for how you deliver the pain. And I think that's probably what we're seeing the uh, the central bank doing. Um, you know, they're not alone. So, I mean, it's a trend that's happening right across all of the world. We started from very low interest rates. So, you know, historically, when you, when you look at it, the interest rates that uh, people will pay average at about 6%. Uh, you know, we started all of this back in July with more or less 0% interest rates. So it's a long way up. Uh, to really have any kind of uh, effect, as it were. Um, and uh, so therefore, yeah, they're, they're sort of drip dripping it out. In fact, the European Central Bank have been moving a lot slower than uh, other central banks. So if you were to compare them to the Bank of England, um, which you know designs monetary policy for the UK or the Federal Reserve in the United States, they've all been far more aggressive. They've all moved much higher and they're already up at interest rates in excess of 4% and so on. So Europe is kind of moving much more slowly probably reflecting the very kind of mixed composition of the eurozone from here you know sweeping right across to Croatia now uh, and uh, it'll be slow increases that they're doing but increases nonetheless and with the blunt intention of trying to take money out of people's pockets and spending out of the economy and slow things down. You mentioned, uh, you know, and I touched on it, that the banks here are going to be passing on the the latest interest rate to uh, their customers, the latest rise. Difficult for homeowners to deal with, Michal, particularly in the context of all the other cost of living increases they're having to deal with at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually there's a very kind of mixed experience uh, out there uh, when you begin to think about the sheer scale of uh, the cost of living increases people are facing. So people, you know, there are many people who are homeowners who own their house outright. In fact, that's the majority of houses in the state. And so, you know, those mortgage things don't have any effect whatsoever. Then there are many people, but they are still exposed to the price increases. There are many uh, people who uh, are, are younger generally who are paying mortgages uh, 
uh, and who are paying, um, who are facing these cost increases. And of course, then on the other side, we've had rent increases rapidly going up too. So those in the rental sector and those who are paying off their mortgages are really exposed to this. And yes, Alan, without any doubt, when you put everything together, you know, you, you're probably talking about for uh, many families increases in the day-to-day costs to keep them kind of static to where they were uh, a year and a half, two years ago of something the order of three and a half thousand euro a year. And that's a huge, huge increase. And that's even with the government subsidies that have been in and substantial for electricity and for fuel and so on. Given what's happened, can we see a situation where fewer people are able to sign on for a mortgage if repayments are are going to keep rising? And, you know, could it actually backfire? Could it result in people no longer being able to make their repayments? Well, uh, it, it might actually help in bringing down house prices a, a little bit, and economists like me would be pretty happy uh, about that because our house prices have been uh, out of control in the past and crashed and are back out of control again, and it worries you when things like that are, are happening. So perhaps it will help uh, in taking some heat out of the housing market. And in, fair, in, in fact, the indicators seem to suggest it's doing that already, and we're beginning to see house, uh, your drops in house prices. There's a kind of a, there's a shortage of houses, of course, as we know, uh, multiplied in so many ways by the various crises we're facing. Um, but that should begin to see some type of trend of house prices going down to lower levels. That's good overall. So uh, in that sense, I think that's good news, uh, Alan. But uh, it will it, it certainly makes the sums more difficult for people and it probably makes it challenging for house buyers as well facing into a market buying a house that's likely to be worth less in a year's time than it or two years time than it's worth now that tends to slow down things a little bit too there's an important opportunity there actually for government so if it is the case uh, that we see a slowdown in private house building the government does need to step in and do social house building and begin to uh, pick up that and see it as an opportunity to begin to address some of those other challenges we have you mentioned the, the government subsidies earlier on, and uh, I suppose we're, we're, we're thankful for the supports we're getting to help us tackle the, the rising cost of living. But Christine Lagarde, the president of the ECB, has indicated that it wants to see government measures to support consumers in the form of those energy credits rode back, which will alarm many of us. Why is that? Yeah, and I suppose this is the the central bank on on one uh, on one sense uh, trying to take money out of people's pockets and slow down spending, and of course governments on the other side are putting money back into people's pockets to protect them. So there's a kind of you know two things going on there, which I suppose the ECB are saying makes their job uh, more difficult. Uh, I, I think given the scale of the increases in uh, energy prices, in particular, uh, governments had no choice but to to help people, uh, and we're in a kind of a strange phase there, and it's very difficult for for governments at the moment. They're not quite sure, uh, honestly, where they are in all of this. Uh, We have had uh, inflation driven by supply shortages to a great degree. They've been sorted out and the Chinese economy is opening up and so on as well. So that should sort that aspect of it out. We have inflation driven by the Ukraine war and the effects on that. In effect, that war is on pause at the moment and the the expectation is that that will start again um, more severely uh, in a couple of months' time. And there's a real concern that there would be major fuel uh, and gas shortages
shortages next winter if it keeps rolling on to that, which will push prices back up again and, and, you know, recreate what we went through a couple of months ago. And then there's lots of demand in the economy. So they can kind of try to take that demand bit out. But government is really in a difficult position. Um, You could probably make a a short-term argument to begin to reduce some of the help on fuel and maybe we need less help on electricity across the summer. But I think we might very well be in a pause place there where government's going to have to bring uh, those back. So yeah, the ECB would like uh, their life to be simple, but I suppose governments have to face voters and have to deal with the reality on the ground. And you're right, Alan, it's very, very difficult for uh, lots of people who are seeing quite dramatic increases in their uh, living costs and in their bills. And and particularly so I would have thought around this time of the year. And you've touched on an important point that I was going to make there, Michal, that obviously the, the public will not be happy to see the energy credits rolled back on, but the government, I'm sure, it's not exactly music to their ears to hear the ECB requesting this because nobody is going to point the finger of blame or not many will point the finger of blame at the ECB come election time (laughs) if the energy credits are are, are taken back. This government, of course, very much looking to uh, the next election given how the polls have consistently shown Sinn Féin as the most popular party in the country since the last general election. If they have to roll back in the energy credits, going to be a lot of people blaming them for that. Yeah, it's not an easy decision. And on the other side, it's costing the government an awful lot of money to do this. So, you know, it's not free and the government has to find the money. Now, we happen to be very lucky at the moment and that there's a whole load of unexpected money coming in from corporate uh, taxes, which the governments can use or our government can use at least. That's not the case, in fact, right across Europe when you look at other governments who in effect are borrowing the money uh, to do this and they're borrowing the money on top of having borrowed lots of money uh, for the COVID pandemic as well. Uh, And of course, they borrow the money by the way, from the European Central Bank. So there's some control that the European Central Bank has there as well. So it, it, it I think, will become more and more difficult for governments to continue to borrow uh, money to pay for this, which may very well mean governments have to raise taxes to pay for it, which also has consequences too. So it is a very tricky space for governments to go into. And, and I think when you look at this, the real tricky space arises if the um, Ukraine war continues right across this calendar year. And that will make the next winter quite challenging. Christine Lagarde, when she was speaking yesterday, Michal, you know, she she said, look, the governing council were going to stay the course in raising these interest rates significantly at a steady pace and in keeping uh, at the levels that are sufficiently restrictive to ensure a timely return of inflation to 2% of the medium target. Do you think that what they are doing will ultimately work? And when do you think or what's your sense of when we can expect these rate hikes to to end? Yeah, I think the ECB is working on the basis of both plans and signals. So uh, they, you know, they have plans of things to go uh, into the future. They're also kind of signaling because if they're kind of letting people know your interest rates are going to go up, that might mean people start preparing for that and spend less. And actually, if they do that, they don't need to put the interest rate up. So there's a little bit of signaling going on as well as uh, activity. I think we can probably benchmark it, uh, Alan, against where uh, some of the other central banks uh, have gone to the uh, American Federal Reserve. So that's the American central bank uh, this week pushed up their interest rates as well. They went up from four and a half to 4.75 percent. Uh, so we're we've just gone up to three um, and they and that marks a slowdown there. They think they've got on top of the issue and they've uh, started to to slow down things. So um, now Europe is slightly different because we're way more exposed to the energy crisis than really any other part of the world. Um, but 
we would uh, you'd have to think what the ECB are thinking about if we're currently at three percent they'd like to get up to four percent and I'd expect that that's the direction that they want to do so the speed at which they do it I think is probably something they'll determine they they've been jumping in half percent they may slow that down over time but they want to do that and I I would expect that's where they're going to go and simply Alan as long as inflation is as high as it is uh, and if you take out the oil, uh, inflation overall is around 8% now or just over it. If you take out the oil uh, and, and fuel, inflation is running at around 6%. So that's kind of a bread and butter um, uh, day-to-day stuff that yeah, you and I are facing. They want to get that down and they're going to keep driving until that happens.